We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. On this episode, we're going to be talking about the NCAA scandal. We're going to play some spitball, talk about the NHL, and we have a special guest. We have an interview with an uh, eSports commentator. That gets very interesting, so stay tuned. We're back! Mm. And my back is fucked. I tweaked it today. I got an icy hot on. So if you guys smell Ben Gay. What an old person. Relax. What'd you do? I had two dumbbells in my hand, and then I put one down, and I went to go put the other one down, and then the other one rolled. So I was gonna, it was they were gonna land on each other. So I moved it out of the way at the last second, and I just kind of like, but I'm alright. Like I'm, I can move around. Just like a little tweak. Anything, you know what I mean? I'll be out there tomorrow deadlifting and shit. You look like Baker Mayfield right now. I'm not gonna lie. Alright, I'm disgusted. (laughs) (laughs) You got the, you got Oklahoma Sooner colors on. You got the. I have a red shirt on. Yeah, and you got the black hat with the little puff on top. That's how he, that's how he rolls. And plus, you're a like generic white guy. I am. I am yeah. generic white guy. So it's like the, it matches. The, the 2K creative player that you get <laughs> with Joey before you edit him. I've never had to do anything in any game. First name roster, last name player. Joey just changed the name. Yeah, <laughs> number 99. In every yeah, I just changed the number. That's it. It's just like you you plug it in. It's like well, I guess I'll just give this guy stubble. What's your number? Zero. Zero. How'd you get that number? I don't know. I just. Does everyone here have a childhood I used to number? wear 22. I know you have 10. 10, yeah. I used to wear 22, but then I switched to zero. I don't know why. Why'd you wear 22 was, I remember that. Joe yeah. Mudd. Why are you 10? TBT. <laughs> uh, you want to know the real reason why I'm 10? I do. I know. Vince Young. Yep. Okay. Okay. That's cool. When I, when I, I think when I really fell in love with football was that Rose Bowl game, mm-hmm. and I saw him just absolutely dominate Texas. that was cool yeah ever since i was like yo that's my guy had the cleats and all that i remember watching that as a kid and i was just like wow i know i'm gonna be watching i'm watching something right now that's gonna be replayed oh, over yeah, and over again yeah. for the next 50 years yeah, so your number? what's your number though 27, 27 and 18 
27, that's your birthday, right? 18 nah, was my was my high school oh. football number. My, did I just fuck up your birthday? Damn, my bad, bro. Yeah, yeah. Mine, <laughs> nine, nine. That's an easy one, too. My September 9th. My number's nine. I don't know why. Yeah. Ever like, since I was a kid, I just was obsessed with the number nine. I know high school soccer, I got 18, and like after freshman year. I Dude, got, I had 18 in high school, really? too. So like after freshman year, they're like, oh, you remember the team now. Like you can pick whatever number you want. But I was like, no, nah, I want to keep it. Like, I like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. This is the first number I had. I don't want to change it. So yeah. I like enrolled at 18. And <clears throat> Dom was up. 18 too, right? Yeah. Baseball, when I played travel ball, you got to pick your number in the summer. I picked 27 all the time. It was originally 12 for Soriano because I like, I like Soriano. Whenever Growing I played up, baseball, I was 22 every I year. I picked 27. I don't know why. I think it's a sick number. I, I like 27. I like 27 too. 27 is cool. Two plus seven, That's my nine. Twitter handle now too. So I really like three. Mm. Three, I feel like three's three. like my second choice. I'm all like, about single digits, though. I feel like the number three, like, is a very loud number. Loud, interesting. It's a very loud number. What do you mean? Like, <laughs> you see number three, you're like, damn, that, that's a good player. You know what I'm a big fan of? Right in college, when D linemen, when D ends, have single, single digits, digits, I'm like, yo, that guy's nice. Yeah. For whatever yeah. reason. Brandon I don't know why. Chubb is the top, like, projected, well, he's the top D end in the draft from NC nine. State. Yeah. yeah. I'm all about the same. I wore, I wore uh, so when when I was playing soccer, I wore number fourteen for Henri. But then when I made the uh, a select team, you had to you got assigned your number. It was a twenty three man roster, so you got assigned your number based on your position. You know what number I got? I was sick. Six. Six, six is, is trash. Trash, dude. LeBron James made six a little better. Six is garbage. Yeah. Chris Tapps? Yeah. I'm, I really don't fuck with six. I, fu- I, I hate six. Six is whack. Six is probably the worst single digit number. I like three, seven, and nine. Nine. There you go. With that. Nine. Six is nine back. Seven is everyone's like, <laughs> everyone loves seven. Everyone loves seven, yeah. yeah. I'm not crazy I about that. I feel like nine. people hate six because it's like six, six, six. No, oh, I just don't like six. I just, six is ugh. just bland to me. I don't know. Yeah, it's like, what the <laughs> six? <laughs> like, well, about what about two? Big two guy. My my like brothers two? are born on the 22nd, so their numbers are two what? and 22. Cause mm-hmm. That's cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But I like, like that. What, what's your assessment of two, though? Big two I, guy. I'm, I'm, I'm with the twos. <laughs> Big two I never guy. understood double zero. The only I hate double cool, zero. Didn't understand uh, I don't really understand double zero. Double zero is dumb. I agree. Double zero is not I think double zero is better than zero. No, no, no! You're nah, crazy. Zero, zero's like fire. in basketball, double zero is better. No, nah, Gilbert, bro, Gilbert yeah. Arenas. I can't. Russ, Ostertag, Greg Ostertag is the only person I can think of with the double zeros. And it's Cantor. Cantor has double yeah, zero. Yeah, he had the double zeros too. My man, double Rick zeros. Jackson at Syracuse wore double zero. Double zeros. Yeah, what, about, what about the good old number one? The numero uno. It really, yo, you really have like Cam Newton can be number one. You, yeah, you gotta have swag. But like, it's <laughs> hard to wear number one. Number one, I like, but it's hard. Who so else wears number one? I can't even think of a Tim Howard one. wears number one. That's fine. Chris Childs wore wow. number one. Can you think of a baseball player that wears number one? McGrady wore number one, too. That was a good uh, one. Yeah, that, I like yeah. that. That fit him. I have a T-Mac jersey, too. Yeah, like you got to be Cam Newton and T-Mac. Yeah. Yo, in baseball, I think the 20s is fire. Think about it. Like 21 is a dope number in baseball. Yeah, I don't know if single digits work in baseball. Really. 25. Nah. Well, Ozzie Smith wore one. Well, he's talking about single digits don't work in baseball. The, ent- the Yankees got the entire first 10 c- numbers covered. As yeah. soon as I said that, Jeter <laughs> came to mind. I was like, oh, God. Jeter, Babe, number Garrick, two. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Barra, Yogi Barra was Man, eight. Eight. Yeah. Goats. Those are good numbers. If I, if I was a baseball player, I wouldn't go single digit. I would go, I would oh, go. Correa wears one, dude. That's right. Oh, nice. Mm. He's like arguably the best player in baseball. You're arguably. Right. You're right. I'm not, I'm not saying he is. But I'm he's not in baseball arguably. mode yet. I'll get there. 
I'm worried about my fantasy drafts because I'm not in baseball mode yet. I'm. You want to hear something really my crazy? My draft day just got set. My bad. Three eighteen, Sunday night. I'm Do you want to hear something really crazy? And I don't know how, how long this is going to last, but I'm dead serious when I say this. Kind of excited for baseball season. Get it, Joe. You know I could. I don't know how long that's going to last, though. To be Joe. honest with you, this could be just a quick two week nah, thing. Nah, you know what it is. Joe has one foot out the door, but he's a big closet Yankee fan. Yeah, like one foot is out the door. I think you're. You could be. I think you're a fair weather Yankee fan. My. <laughs> Is that is that safe to say, Fairweather Yankee fan? I I mean, when people ask me, when people ask me, like, are you a Mets fan or a Yankee fan? I'm like, I, the first thing I say is like, I don't watch baseball, but I always like liked the Yankees when I was younger because those are the only games I ever went to. I really never went to Mets games, really. Sorry, Tim. Because I had a friend who was a big Yankees fan, had season tickets, so he would take me all the time. Mm. So, I, but whenever we went, I went to a Mets game with like you once when we were like. 14 or something. Yeah, shit. we almost got hit by that foul ball. Yo, yeah. remember it? Dontrell Lewis the, was yeah. good. Yeah, Dontrell. <laughs> one of the best sitting pitchers. Yo, Mets games were always the move in high school. They, I don't know every about other guys, day was like kids day. The, Mets were, like four the bucks. Mets were bad for like my middle school to like early high school days and we used to buy tickets every night. Yeah. Not every night, but like tickets they were, were five to eight bucks. I used to, to go to in. opening weekend for $2. Yeah. Every every opening weekend, even when they were good though, no no more. That shit is a. I mean, baseball is still pretty cheap. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's the, after that's the most non-opening game. day games and non-rival games. If you go during the week weeknight, it's like eight bucks if you just want to get. Yeah, it. like a Mets Padres series, you could get good seats yeah. for like twenty bucks. Yo, a little pro tip about baseball games: if you don't really care about being at the whole thing, as soon as that first pitch is thrown, prices fall by like twenty percent, thirty percent. Oh yeah, yeah. Cop them right after. Yeah, go right. If you plan on going, even last minute. That's why I the Yankees playoff tickets last just go minute. pregame. That's why <laughs> oh, the Yankees. Yeah. That's yeah, why the Yankees that did the paper lot. tickets. That's what the Yankees did the paper tickets. That you can't get into Yankee Stadium with the with the. Well, now you can with your phone. Now you can. They changed it. They back? changed it like last year, yeah, oh, okay, or two years okay. ago. But they did because that's why they changed it because everyone was buying after first pitch and getting the tickets for an yeah, old yo, discount. Honestly, every, like most of the times I go to sporting events, I'm missing the first whatever anyway. Right? Are you? Nah, I'm so against that. I'm against that too, man. It just happens. It's not my call. How does it happen? You let it happen because we're like fucking hammered in the fucking parking lot. Unless, unless yeah, it's like your a, fault, like unless it's like a playoff game. Well, obviously, yeah. Nah, I'm, I'm all nah. I like to be in for the anthem. I'm a big fan of football games. That big ass American flag. That shit is fire. The goal for baseball games is always like lineups. Mm. So I can like hear lineups. But also, when I'm walking into the stadium, you wait to the last possible second to walk into the state. Like I very have rarely, when I gone to baseball games, have been there for like. Batting practice or Yo, like mad early. Go for batting practice, mad fun. When I was a kid, I would be there for like nine you know, hours. That's different. You're like you know, yeah. but if, when you're playing like fucking uh, what the fuck is that game called again? Cornhole, and you're like getting drunk <laughs> in the parking lot. You're like, all right, now let's go. We have the game starts in like twenty minutes, and then you get there and then you get into the stadium. You're like, I'm gonna get a beer, and the fucking things are mad long. Then you gotta pee, and then you miss the fucking first pitch. I remember when went to Mets Yankees. I missed a home run. It's the first at bat. It's like fuck. See you. You tailgate baseball games. I have. That's I, I can't say I've that I, I that. do. You don't tailgate baseball games? Well, we you got to come with me to play in the Bronx, tailgate. bro. Like, there's so I went to a Yankee and game Queens too. Like, last I take year. the train wherever we go, and I just drink it like McFadden's or Stan's. There's yeah, a, that's like a pregame, though. Yeah, it's a pregame, but it's not like... Oh, you mean the tailgate? Like, yeah. yeah. The, nah, yo, tailgating in City Field is kind of popping. But the they bars are also dumb lit. That's true. Yeah, McFadden's is... Yo, go to, go to Stan's. Like, yeah, you play Stan's is You can't fun. move in there. Like, it's different. Some people like moving. Like, yo, I just want to get my What's the other place? Billy's? Billy's, yeah. That place is cool, too. Billy's is cool. Yo, when we went to the Marlins game, 
what was it the first year they opened up the stadium we mm-hmm. were in south beach yeah. and we bought the tickets and the, yep. the girl at the box office was what did we pay like 675 <laughs> and she's like oh you guys can't sit down there you have to sit in your seats and then like as we're walking away she's like i was kidding no one really comes to <laughs> so we went and sat right in, in the outfield because they were playing the cardinals yeah and uh, Beltron was on the team, and we hung that that Met towel over. We made Sports Center too. We did. Johnny nice. Johnny caught a uh, a home run ball. Air quotes. Yeah, that's that's what we're telling the people. Yeah, it really went in the bullpen. They threw it up to us. But it was the it was the <laughs> ball that 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 was hit over over there too. Stanton that hit that home run. Yeah, too. I caught a home run last Fucking year. Fucking bomb. You didn't catch it. I did. My beer it, cup caught it. It, it, just, <laughs> it just landed. On you, you nah, technically it, it was an out. <laughs> yeah. That's all that counts. That's never hit the ca- floor. Counts, counts oh, catch. okay, okay. Yeah, that must be popping though to see a ball like a home run and then to see like because you played outfield in your life, right? Yeah, like when did you get the inkling, like yo, this shit's coming right at me? When it was a screaming line drive and I was sitting in like the second row yeah. off the wall, <laughs> I was like, well, this ball's gonna either take me, like this ball's gonna catch me or I'm gonna catch it. <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of caught me because like, like, then oh, that, shit. that that ball cost you. Thirteen seventy five. It was actually empty. It was my cup oh, that I was like, oh, empty. It was nice. just sitting in the, uh, the beer cup. Knowing boss, you'd be like, yo, fuck, yo. Nah, I poured it out. <laughs> like, I have video of it. I nah, I know. It. I've seen it. I've seen like, it. Remnants of beer coming out. So yeah. I, and then I threw it back. Yo, full beer. I would say it's a full beer. Like, You're kind of tight Look for a second. Full beer. I'm like, pour, I'm making a spectacle just to get on TV. <laughs> Hundred percent. But then you're telling you like Dan, that was like, yo, I kind of tried to make it a spectacle by like pouring it out and like holding it up like it was like I won the world title or something. How do, you, how do you guys feel about throwing back? Obviously, I know how you feel. How do you guys <laughs> feel about throwing back uh, home run balls from the opposite team? I it mean, de- it depends who hit it. Yeah, and the significance of it, too. I mean, if it was significant, I, I think would. we've had regular, this conversation regular. before. Where, Have we? Where if, I don't if, remember this conversation. Well, if you, if you caught the, the Derek Jeter 3,000 hit, oh, we've had like that giving it back to him. Yeah. I'm 100% giving that back. You guys are crazy. Yeah, I, I am. Too. I'm asking for something. I'm sorry. Yes, Dick move, real. but I'm asking for something. Nah, it's I, just not want, even I, I just want to hand it back to him. It's not even a dick that's move. That's all I'm asking for. Like, I want to hand it back to him. We're both naked. And then <laughs> that's it. I want to hand it back to him, and he's handing <laughs> so me something Jesus. in exchange. No? No, I'll be like, yo, look, I hear, I know I'm about, sure I know about these crazy parties I just want to swap cell phones for a day. Yeah. Me and Jeter. Like, I want... <laughs> That's it. I, I want to invite to one of these parties where you steal everyone's phones and they can't take pictures. Like you gotta, you know, he has the elite walking around. So I want to be in there. There's gotta be something. Gotta get something. But yeah, I would Tim, throw it back. Okay. You take a selfie with it, you throw it back. You got the memory. I got the video on like MLB.com. That's it. That's all, That's all, all you need to know. I caught it. I was tired. I didn't get a picture with it like real quick. Like a personal picture. Yeah. That's the only thing I was tired about. But See, I had the video, so it was just as good. That's why iPhones just whoosh, Click yeah, but back. When you hit that, you're like, no, you're not thinking about taking out your phone, bro. You're, that's true. You're just like, ooh. And like, you know what else? That's once in a lifetime. Type I thing. would try and throw it as I did try as literally as far as I can. Bro, I wound up. I made a big spectacle. Yeah. And like yes. I ran down a stair or two. Like, <laughs> get a wind up because, you know, you can't really. It's stairs. Yeah. So stuff's like get your footing and throw. Took like a stair or two to throw. It wasn't the best throw. <laughs> I'm trying to hit It was like a three hopper to DD. <laughs> it's not that. It's that's right. that's pretty good. It's all right. I'm trying to Henry oh, Rowan Gardner that shit and catch yeah. the runner at, at home plate. You know what I would do? Oh. Has this ever been done? I catch it in the bleachers, and I just toss it into the crowd into, like, <laughs> left. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just start throwing it around. Has that ever happened? Oh, shit. I don't know. You probably get thrown out for that. Yeah. Yeah, but it's lit. Yeah, but you're, it's... Yeah. No one in left field is looking for the baseball to come from. Yeah. <laughs> True that. <laughs> You'd like, have to be like, yo, <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. Here it comes. That'd be fire, though. If you could pull it off. Anyway. All right. Let's uh, talk about something not so fun. Uh, the NCAA scandal. Mm. Um, 
most notably we have fucking Andy Miller here. Sean. Sean Miller, sorry. Uh, was allegedly caught on an FBI wiretap discussing a $100,000 payment to a player. For Aiton. Eaton? What is it, boss? DeAndre Aiton. 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 DeAndre. Who is probably, to a lot of experts, uh, they say that he's the number one pick. Yeah, it's like him like consensus and consensus top three. Hi, yeah, him and uh, Doncic, Doncic, yeah. out in, uh, in in Europe. He's like crushing it over there. But I mean, the way I think about it is, a hundred k to get this guy to come to your school for a year is kind of a good investment. Oh yeah, I know it's it, it's terrible, but it's without without a doubt, you get the top player in the country to come to your school, right? Say you win the national championship, you put that in your resume. <laughs> Can ask for more money for your head coach. Oh, yeah, but then once this happens, then what? Yeah, but then you still, like, is Patino, Patino has to give money back to the program? Nah, but he's without a job. He's jobless. Yeah, but he's he's pocketed like $8 million a year in the time being. It's, lit. it's all cool, so it catches up. Oh, it is lit. I just, like, it's like, oh God, because I know I've been on the other side of this or whatever, but. Because it's not the first time. Like, Obviously, this happens all 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 the yes, time, and it's been out in the public that it's happened. Right, like SMU football got the death penalty years ago for pe- players being paid. Right, so like, this, I just don't know why. Yo, it's I think it's pretty obvious when a program is you would know more, boss. Is Arizona a historic national power, or yeah. have they had like spurts where they because they had a good team in the nineties too? Yeah, I mean they're historically good. Like in the early 2000s, they had Richard Jefferson. I mean, the night, well, I, was, I don't know if that was the 90s, but Richard Jefferson, Walton. Then before that, they had Mike Bibby. Like, they they produce talent. I'd say they're a powerhouse, a traditional I, power. The one case that I always come up with is uh, the Ole Miss football team. When they landed the top, the top recruiting class out of nowhere. And look, I know they had Patrick Willis. I know they had Eli Manning, right? But this isn't a team. This isn't Michigan. This isn't Alabama where no matter what, Right, you might have a down year or two, but your name as a program is gonna sell people to come there. USC people are gonna go to USC. People still go to the U. These top recruits, and they haven't been good in a very long time. This year, they had a nice little comeback, but for the most part, these programs on their own. So when Ole Miss lands a number one team in the in recruiting class in the country, right away I went to Twitter, early Twitter, Joe, when when us two were on it. Shout out, and I was like, yo, it's it's. Some shit is gonna happen one day. Shit's gonna hit the fan because that just doesn't happen overnight. People were yeah, getting paid no and, and whatnot, sense. and then look what happened. That's exactly what what turned out. I think the problem is the rules, right? I mean, I, I I've been advocating this for two years, and it's like, you know, it's the new it's the new thing that all the talking heads are on. Like the, the NCAA is is this and that and this and that. And they've been this for a long ass time, and they've been doing this for a long ass time. And I I I think that this is gonna be the end of the NCAA. I really do think that, as we know it today, as this elite place for competition, because look at the schools that are in like under this investigation. Yeah, it's Arizona, it's, Duke, it's Michigan uh, State, Michigan State, it's yeah, Kentucky, it's, it's 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 everything. It's it's, it's the, the cream entire, of the crop. It's the cream of the cop. and if it's happening everywhere, it's happening anywhere. Mm-hmm. So how can you how can you overcome this as the NCAA. Not only that, I was listening to Colin Cowherd talk about this and he put a, he put a really good spin on it where he said, "Let's let's look at this at the at, as Adam Silver's Adam Silver's perspective, right? When this story broke, this story was not they didn't refer to these players 
as members of the programs. They said right. Dallas Mavericks guard uh, right. Dennis Smith Jr. NBA draft pick Markel Fultz. Right. So they they associating the NBA with these scandals, and you have uh, Adam Silver over here who, by all reports, doesn't even like college basketball. Finds it to be a corrupt system, and he's got this G League that he's been pouring money into, and that has a major sponsor, right? So why wouldn't you just say, "Hey, we're taking away the one one and done rule. We're having a farm system, and like if you even nuance the farm system, if you make it like you can go straight to the G League. The G League has their own draft. You could sign with whoever, and then after two years in the G League, you're eligible for the NBA draft. So then you got G League players and you got college players in the NBA draft. Why why wouldn't you do that if you're the I'm pretty sure that's open already. You can go Drafting? to the G League. No, you can just like go to the G League. I don't know how like the process works of getting on a team, but you can enter the G League after high school. You can't enter the NBA draft, but you can go to the G League. Okay, but now in this scenario that I'm making up, also the the pay is increased. Like in, in this made up scenario, if they if they really put the, all their shit towards a farm system like they're talking about, I'm talking about like guys who. It's no question I'm going to the G League because that's the better option. That's where the better competition is at. Because if you want the best players, you got to pay for them. As of right now, no, no one is a top prospect going to the G League. They're either going to a college system or they're going to Europe. Mm. So if you want the best, you got to pay for the best. And if they want to really do that, I don't see why the NBA can't completely control basketball. They can even start academies. So LeVar is trying that, right? I mean, like he says he is. No, right, I mean, it's, is. Like a, it's like in the works. He's like sent out emails to the 2018 class trying to entice them to come play in his JBL, I think it's called, the Junior Basketball League. And I know like a ton of people have already turned him down because they've said they're just gonna, they already have commitments to their colleges and they're sticking by them. So I don't know. Like I, when I first heard this, I, I mean, obviously it's been going on for years. I mean, I don't know a resolution because like if you're going to pay – the top guys who are making the NCAA the money or the college the money, then what are you going to do with like the end of the bench guy? I kind of think that's unjust. No, granted I, he's not like driving the money toward your program or toward the NCAA, but yeah, why should he? I mean, I, well, I know the answer is he's the best piece of star, but why should he get paid and, and I'm not? Well, we're on the same team, we're on the same platform. I think I think every player one through twelve in college should get paid, but I also think that they should make money off their likeness. So that's that's what the difference is. Can you go out there and be on Instagram and sell fit tummy tea yeah. or not? Like you know what I mean? Like yeah, can you? Yeah, all right. You know, like because the twelfth man on Arizona is not going to be selling that. Yeah. Or but even Eton is. What about what about the kid that uh, Aiden. we Aiden, we, sorry. we had a special on that kid the the kicker the YouTuber yeah the YouTuber he was making money off YouTube and then he got kicked off I mean off the program same thing happened with Terrell Pryor when he was yeah. scaling that's my, for that, tattoos so I'm on I'm still on the fence about college players being paid. Like, cause I'm with you, boss. What you know? I'm the starting quarterback. Yeah, I'm the man, big, uh, big man on campus. But Tim is the third string right tackle, and you're the backup quarterback. I'm Johnny Manziel, right? I'm the face of the program. It's not, it's not fair for everybody else. I think the biggest joke and my biggest issue with the NCAA is what boss said. A dude, I want to get tattoos, and the tattoo artist is like, "Yo, man, instead of charging you 4K for this entire back piece that you want." Sign a couple of jerseys for me, and we'll call it even. I should be able to do that. One hundred percent. I should I be able to get 
uh, skinny skinny bunny tea to sponsor me or right. yeah because I think like your that. personal brand is your own thing and I don't think it's fair that they control your life like that that's fucked up and I also like because I've been on the fence we've been back and forth about players you know getting paid in college I honestly like if you want to pay someone for them to come to your school because they're that good I don't really have a problem with that either that's a that's competitive advantage though yeah, but then everyone has the same but, but competitive hold on. advantage. Was, nah, like the mid majors don't have that advantage. They're, yeah. they're not going to they, get them they're, anyway. Yeah, they're not going to get them anyway. They're still not. It's coaches. At the that people point. who would be offering money are programs that can afford to give this dude money. He's going to go to the best. He's he's the fucking guy. Which, which is yeah, exactly but, what's happening right now. Yeah, Everything yeah. you're saying is exactly yeah, what's yeah. happening right now. But of like, course, but I'm <laughs> saying like, well, I mean, I do think you know there are players that don't get paid and they go to like a school like Duke to get the look and like you know play under Coach K or whatever, but. I mean, how many how many situations are like that? It's all about people like, what can you do for me? Like, what are you gonna do for me? You know what I mean? But I really don't have a problem with that. If that's if it's gonna be out in the open and like we will pay you to come to this program, all right, do it. Because you're also gonna run into a situation where it's like, do you want to go to this school? They'll give you ten thousand dollars, but if you but you're gonna be like the so eighth guy off the bench or some shit. You know what I mean? So you basically just want to start a bidding war between colleges. You're like selling yeah. players. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's what that's what's happening right now in every other but sport not except though. college sports. Not necessarily. What else are you going for? Because you're going for the same thing in college. college. Yeah, you're going if so. Yeah, but these deals that are being struck are mostly like agent type deals where okay, you'll go to Arizona because they're sponsored by Adidas, mm. and then you're signing with me, and we're getting this Adidas shoe deal, and my, you're signing with my agency. You're not leaving for Rock Nation once you, you know, all that stuff. So like, you become like. Property of them, yeah. In a sense, I I don't really like that word, but in a sense, I mean. So it's like we saw that. I know Isaiah Whitehead was on that list, and mm-hmm. he signed with that guy. I forgot his name. Who was like he's a big name agent in that probe, and uh, he said like he left for well he left for Rock Nation, so like now he owes this guy a ton of money for mm-hmm. leaving him out to dry like that. It was a loan. So if you came and stayed with my agency, then whatever, like you keep the money. Like it's also about keeping your word and shit. I don't know. It's it's. I feel like it's a lot for a teenager or whatever. Yeah, they are teenagers. It's a lot to handle when you're coming from usually not the best of circumstances, and someone's like, "Yo, for one year you can have this as a holdover until you make five million. And like, if you haven't yeah. seen those type of resources before, yeah, that's true. Your too. first instinct is like, "Damn, I can help my mom out back home. Like, we barely have any food on the table." Which uh, which is his right, yo. This and I'm not honestly, trying to stereotype either, but that's nah, just the case. It's the case, it, it, and it's yo. We live in America, and you should be able to make money off your talent. That's 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 the point. I think at the end of the day, the thing that's the most ridiculous is what we've been talking about this entire time: how you can't make money off your own personal brand. I think right. that's absurd. Yeah, so, that's, that's that's that the literally makes joke. no sense. No, it is. It's like that's why there's no names on the back of jerseys when they sell them. They're just selling your number, but everyone knows you wear number fifteen. Which, yeah. which number, in in a microcosm. Is the NCAA? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So I remember uh, uh, who was who was I who was I listening to? I think it was uh, Simmons, Bill Simmons, and he said he was riding down the street with Chris Webber, and Chris Webber saw his jersey being sold in the Michigan Wolverines shop. That was on a uh, on the thirty for thirty. For the thirty for thirty. The, the Fab Five thirty for thirty. Yeah, and he said, "I," he was borrowing money so he could eat, and his his jersey was being sold. He knew right then he was going to the NBA. Well, also the the legendary Supreme Court case that's uh, still pending is the Ed O'Ban uh, Ed O'Bannon. He played on the UCLA team in the '90s and won the national championship. Mm. 
one day years after he graduated and i don't know if he played in the pros but he was one of the best players on ucla his boys were playing the the, the video game and they had him on there this is when they used to have the names and he was like yo you could play with all these guys names and all that i haven't seen a dollar from this He's the one that got that game canceled. So now there's actually a dope Players Tribune. I know Tim hates the Players Tribune a little I don't, bit. I don't hate it. I just think it should be taken as players talking, not as journalism. Journalism, yeah. yeah. I feel you on that as a uh, former journalism. Right. But, it, you know, it serves a purpose. Yeah, so he was on there, and he was saying how now he walks the street, and people say, oh, man, you're the guy that took away the NCAA games. Those shits were fire. But it's it's because of that. It's like the reason with uh, Chris Webber, too. They were pretty far. They were pretty far. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I feel like all this could have been avoided, too. Like, nah. it's honest. It's honestly the greed of the NCAA that like, is completely blinding. Cause it has to change, and it, 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 I think it will. It Look, does have to change. Let's say you're the NCAA, right? Yeah. In 2005, the one-and-done rules passed, right? You're looking down the barrel of these players are going to go to the NBA after two years, after one year. And you're, you're looking down that barrel. And it was fun for a while. Calipari came through, and it was John Wall, and it was exciting. But now, like, you see the, the product of college basketball being greatly, um, I would say, diluted. You know, it's like it's a lot of freshmen running around out there. And you could tell it's not, it's not as sophisticated of a, as a, of a game as it was uh, in the late 90s, early 2000s. Mm. Right? And I feel like that's affecting people. Like, if you're a kid and you're, and you're into a college program, you're not – a guy like Ameka Okafor doesn't exist anymore where he go where he's the top guy in college plus he's going to school for 4 years. That guy doesn't he doesn't happen. So the NCAA if you're looking down the barrel of that and these guys are smart, no one's I mean they're they're greedy fucks but no one's calling them stupid, right? If you're looking down the barrel of this, why wouldn't you then start thinking like what well, how are we going to keep these guys away from the from the pros? Obviously education is is some kind of bait, but you also need something else. And if you could offer them money and make money off their likeness, plus they can get an education, I'm sure a lot of these guys would have stayed in school, especially these second-round picks. And maybe those second-round picks, like Kyle Kuzma, uh, he, he stayed. But uh, these, any of these second-round picks that ended up working out, right, they, they could have been even better, and they could have improved their draft stock, and they could have made more money in the future. Well, now pro scouts, when they see a kid and Buddy healed couple years ago right he was a guy that was in college for a couple years right he's looked that bad mm-hmm. how come he didn't come out after his first year where in the past if you stayed three four years that's like that's the guy you wanted now you want the the young lottery pick i think another big issue that's kind of slept on is aau aau is where all the corruption really takes place like you were yeah. saying boss with the under armor sponsors and nike and all that that's where all the agents run into each other and now these agents right you see these guys they want to get that second and third contract now these guys, they enter the league at 18, 19 years old, right? Your rookie deal expires at 20, 23. So let's just say 23, right? You re-up Andrew Wiggins, $150 million. His contract's going to end. He's going to be 28. He's in his athletic prime. 27 to 33 is your athletic prime. Now you're getting a third contract. Now you're getting two max contracts. That's why Timothy Mozgov has made more in his career than Barkley and Jordan did combined from NBA salaries. Because it's that second contract that people want. The second max. Everyone gets a second contract. But now you're signing your Wiggins. $150 million. At 28, 29, you're going to sign another $100 plus million contract. And who knows what the cap's going to be. Yo, John Wall, 2022. $47 million on the cap. <laughs> Maybe Kyle Lowry, $43 million on the cap. Yo, that's wild. 
people want that second contract, man. And it's all guaranteed in the NBA, which is phenomenal if you're the athlete. That's why we saw him at the tables, Boston Vegas. Boogie <laughs> just throwing the <laughs> dice down there. You know what I'm saying? Let it ride. Let it ride. Let it ride. It's it, it, it's really a situation that could have been avoided. And when you're the NCAA, when you're the NCAA you got to be smarter. The one and done. I mean, I don't know. Because if you have freshmen coming in and leaving, like they're always going to be replaced. So does it really matter? Like, are you really trying to keep them? Like, there's always that next wave coming in behind them. I mean, there was waves of good players back then, too. Like, yeah, I would... If I... But that's what I'm saying. Like, it's that that never stopped, like, think, freshmen from coming in, I'm saying. Sure, but let's think about Ben Simmons, right? All right, so Ben Simmons... Who's adamant he, about, like, he's anti-college. Right. But he let, has been before college. But let's say he was in the NBA in the 80s. He would have had to go all four, year college, four mm-hmm. years of college, right? So... Is that if, true, though? You could leave college early back then. You just had, it just wasn't right, the it just norm. Wasn't happening. I yeah. don't know when it first started happening. Either way, just play with my f- fictional scenario, right? Let's say Ben Simmons stays in a school. No matter what freshman you're bringing, they're never going to take Ben Simmons' job. And Ben Simmons only can get better in his sophomore, junior, and senior year. So it's it's not like freshmen are going to come through and steal jobs. Like that's that's not going to happen either. Like that's not. And then that freshman. When Ben Simmons is a junior, now he doesn't play till he's a junior, but he's seasoned. So now when he comes in in his junior season, he's playing really well. You know, that's you know that's that's how it used to be. It's not like that anymore. And I think, like I said, this could be the death of the NCAA. I think it could also be the rebirth of the NCAA. I was just going to say that because no matter what, they're not getting out of this looking like the good guy at all. And it's like, do you really want to be the bad guy in this situation? Because... At the end of the day, like you said, if Adam Silver or LeBron James even came out and said, yo, it's corrupt, like every NBA team should have a farm system, and he wants to have a talk with... Uh, Barack Obama said that too. He, so these in very high people, especially in the black community, these iconic figures are saying stuff like this. The NCAA has to be like, all right, now we have to start paying these dudes. Because if it comes to the point where Adam Silver and LeBron James are like, Yo, let's get this G League going. And LeBron James makes it cool to go straight to the D League. And then everyone's not going to be scared to be like, yo, if I don't go to Duke, I'm not going to get a look or mm. like whatever. If they make it cool to go to the G League, then NCAA is not going to make nearly as much money because it's not going to be, you know, who's gonna, I'm going to go to fucking but someone, USC and be a, a, like, you know what I mean? Right? Someone other than LeBron needs to make it cool. How is LeBron going to make it cool? He's already in the NBA. And he needs to put his stamp on it. Right. Like his, you well, know LeBron has the power to do that because he could get in the ears of these kids who are in college and be like, yo, come to the yeah. G League. Like, don't give the power to these people who are not going to pay you. Like, come to the G League. You will get a look. And it's all about the NBA scouts, too. Because yeah. if the NBA scouts decide, yo, we're going to be looking in the G League more than we're going to be looking in college, it's over. It's a wrap. You're onto something. I think what the one thing that could destroy the NCAA is the kid out of high school that goes to the G League and then he becomes a lottery pick. Then it's one just going to... One time. One time. One kid just needs yeah. to do it. Seventh overall. Right? You don't need to go number one. Then all the kids that are 14, 15 years old watching the draft are saying, yo, I don't got to go to Duke. I, I don't get gotta paid. Go to, I yeah. get paid right away. Bam, that's it. You need that one kid to come out, make it into the G League, play a year, and then get drafted as a lottery pick. And if he becomes a star, that's a different scenario. I don't know how I, I feel about this that. idea. Why? Because you have like veterans on the team, you're not going to be the guy probably as a 17, 18 year old going into a G League team. They're a professional team. So, what do you mean so? So you're not going to put up the numbers, you know, the skills to be. But you're playing. But you're playing up. I mean, but but look. Yeah, but what about AAA? What about the farm system? Like a AAA player, like there's some guys that are 35 in AAA. 
right? right. They're they're really not gonna. They're thirty. They're triple A I mean, all stars. They're career minor leaguers. Right, but they're triple A all stars, right? They're not gonna be around the thirty five. They're not if they don't have talent. They don't have talent enough to make it in the bigs. But the twenty one year old Ahmed Rosario's out there and uh, Juan Makata's out there who are who are they're facing guys and veterans and that's guys who have established themselves i think that helps i think i'd rather see yeah but baseball is different baseball is more one-on-one sure but i'd rather see trey young if if i'm if i'm drafting trey young right if i'm drafting trey young and i'm watching him play in arizona in oklahoma against the 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 schedule that he's playing against right and i can instead see him against guys like trey burke in the, the the G League or whoever else is playing in the G League right now, I'm not really sure, right? I'm trying to see him do do what he does against them. And then I have a more a, a better sense. Mm. And all you have to do really is say, all right, whatever the last pick in the draft makes on his rookie deal, give them that. Every single person gets that. And then now after two years of playing under that, now you're eligible for... For the the NBA draft, and on top of that, go ahead and sell things on Instagram. Be a star. Well, yeah. We want you to be a star. Go be a star, right? Go make your money. So, like, if that's the case, then what is appealing? Because right now, the graduation rate for NCAA D one basketball players is forty seven percent. I mean, yeah. Also, so what is think about it? Think about it from like a business standpoint. You're gonna like this, but think about what WWE we did with NXT. Yeah. If there was another promotion. For lack of a better word, right. that was like had all these stars in it. You're like, oh, there's more games to watch. Like, I, I'm gonna watch the G League now. You know what I mean? I'm sure we talk bigger, about it. Like, makes a bigger product. There's more endorsements, more money for the NBA. Why wouldn't you do this? Right, exactly. And NCAA, it just has to, it has to make a move. But do you know what it is? They have to have someone behind it with the dollars. For the NBA, it's it's gonna be Adam Silver. He's got the the dollars. Yo, for the NFL, man. And I and I said this before. I think Vince McMahon has this remarkable opportunity to steal college football. I really do. I think Vince McMahon has an opportunity to say, if we we're gonna play you, we're gonna pay you, and our league is only for people who are eighteen to twenty two. We're gonna pay you. We're gonna pay you lots. We're and you're gonna be the farm system for the NFL, and then you're gonna be eligible for the draft when you're done. Why wouldn't Why wouldn't you if you're a college kid? Especially, yo, I, I've, <laughs> I've watched so many documentaries about these college kids uh, like who just go to class and they get these passing grades for no reason. They take art history as a major. They don't take any real education. They, they fail out as a junior after they're done playing, and then their lives suck. There's been so many stories like that. So if that's you, why wouldn't you try at least to make money? And if you're not good enough to make the NFL, hey, I'm, I'm walking home with two mil. If, I, if I'm like... Really good, and I and I invest that, and I save it. I don't have to work ever again for the rest of my life, or or at least I could pursue my passions for the rest of my life. Like if I had two million dollars, I would be just all day pursuing my passions, all day. These kids could do that when they're young, so why not? I think I think Vince McMahon has a ridiculous opportunity because he has the money and he has the clout where he if he tells people I will make you a star, he's made enough stars where they'll believe him. Levar Ball could do that too, but he needs more clout. I don't know. I'm stuck on the fence here. I still, th- I don't, I'm not buying the G League idea. I, I, just I think, think it's that very if possible. you can go to a, a college and succeed at like a Trey Young type level or anyone, like I don't know, Marvin Bagley is averaging 20 and 10. He's going to be a top five pick. Like at the highest school, at the best school. And you're like on TV every night. That's where, a, where do you see the G League? 
I, I think that's takes, the, the G League takes that place because right, but, eventually it gets to the point where right, these on. games are on TV on, too, getting the same right, but, amount of exposure. But they'll be playing against like grown men, like I said, and they might not be focal points of the game plan where they can't put up the same numbers. They their talents won't be on as much display as they are in college because they're able to. Okay, but that also means that like. We are weeding out the busts. If you can't play in the G League, why would I draft you first overall? And this is why I said this could be the rebirth of the NBA. Because let's say the G League the does do... I mean, the NCAA. Because let's say the G League does do this. What does that leave college basketball with? That leaves college basketball with the kids that aren't those people who are going to go be one and dones. So now college basketball returns to what it should be. A, a system where people play for four years. And then when you have been developed to the point where your game is better than the super athlete from the G League because you play for Coach K, you're eligible for the draft too, and now you can make noise that, that way. That's another thing, though. It's like some players leave early because they feel their development is better set for the G League. It depends. It really does depend. Like Because in the G League, you're getting... I mean, it's not like you're not getting this at the D1 level, the high D1 level. I like pro, you know... Pro um, training, pro, yeah, like pro training or pro like. Yeah, I mean that's what's that's facilities. What's, facilities. Yeah, that's what's really helped Ben Simmons this year. What? Because he was in an NBA system for a, a year, even though he didn't play his real rookie year. This well, is yeah. rookie year with the training, NBA training. I'm sure is significantly better and more I mean, improved than what Blake Griffin was like that too. Like yeah, he didn't play shirt his, of the year. Yeah. Joel Embiid. But just think about how, like, players in college who get picked you know, whatever, f first 10 picks overall, the lottery picks. It's not like automatic that these dudes are going to be put into a starting rotation and be and thrive. Anything but, half of them are busts every year. That's what I'm saying. So I'm saying like what you're saying is like an ego thing. Like, oh, you're not going to look good because you're playing down. Like you're playing against kids who are like some fucking random white kid who on Duke like, you know, or not Duke, but like some, you know, some fucking slapdick school and like you're not putting up 20 and 10 every night. I mean, you're also playing the best of the best, though, in college. Yeah, in like, college. But, like, most of those kids aren't going to the NBA. So, who the fuck cares? You're playing the Bro, best of the best. In conference, you're playing, like, lottery picks every night. Yeah, but what you're it's saying... lottery pick versus lottery pick. Yeah, but what you're saying is, like... All right, so the, what's the difference of, like, if I'm going into college, why would I not go to some shitty school and look amazing than go to, to Kentucky? Because you won't be on TV or get the same level of, like, exposure. Yeah, but if the G League is on TV and giving the same amount of exposure... What is the difference? You are playing better competition, and if Bro, you, you suck, the... you can't make it. But if you're nice, it looks even better now. So, so if you suck and can't make it, after was it? How, when, is, when is that determined that you're you suck and can't make it? So one year into the G League? So, no, absolutely not. That's that that is completely the whole idea of one and done is completely thrown out because it's not like only the best players play so one I'm year. Asking, it's, when, it's a developmental league. So when do you like? When is that? Determine that you suck and can't make it. Like when can you make that determination? Whenever the when GM in the G leagues and the no don't, GMs don't want to sign, they decide. They say that uh, he hasn't okay, really so done then, much for me. So then you're stuck years. in the NCAA situation where you have no money because you're probably not making much money to have a life after that, a what? sustained life. What the G League? Yeah, but the but, G League got NBA dollars behind it. It doesn't need to make money yeah, because the players are going to make money. How much NBA? Yeah, but you're Tim, not seeing Tim's NBA idea dollars. was to pay these kids what the Bro, minor 60th. minor leaguers need jobs in the offseason. But that's different. They're getting paid $800 a week because there's so many. Like, I, what, you, I'm, what I'm saying. But why, if you're the G League, why would you pay this about, like, a, a ton of money? Like, what? Well, you a have million to, dollars? What it, are you paying? In order to get this started, what I my suggestion is whatever you pay Mr. For, Mr. Irrelevant, pay them. Whatever you pay them. Why not, right? G League players are guaranteed seventy five thousand in salary and can make upwards of two hundred and seventy five thousand. Well, there you go. I mean, 
You play. Let's let's say you make. I would say five hundred k. Yeah, I was gonna say let's say you make a hundred k each time. Each Maybe. year, you play for two years. Two hundred k coming out. I don't know. I don't know if two hundred k is gonna be enough to woo someone away from. Duke. It's not gonna be not that. It's just like if you fail. I don't know. It's not. It's not sustainable money. All right. So not what, that you haven't like. Not that they're getting the proper education going to these colleges because you're leaving. But you know, I don't, like that's not a really a quick answer either. It's just paying them in the G League. Because right. if you make like say two hundred a year and you whatever you you're determined to bust after four years because by that time you're like twenty two, twenty three, you walk home with close to a million dollars. But so, but some of these guys are coming from major That's poverty a, where two hundred thousand dollars is ten years. And worth it's also of a money. lot of people don't have these people good people in their ear saying, "Oh, do this with your money," and and that million dollars could last you a long time. Some people are like, yo, I'm just gonna go to the club and blow this money or buy a new car for with a million dollars. I mean, that's their that's their. Priority. But that's what I'm saying. Like these people are also like a lot of athletes. Not a lot. I shouldn't say that, but as some athletes aren't properly educated on how to spend their money. Hence, the documentary broke. Broke from the D League. <laughs> thirty for thirty. G League. G League. Where Gatorade is paying mad bread. Where we gotta get it right. That money's in wherever. It's fucking. Who knows? The guys who bought... NBA Yo, by games. the way, you crushed that NXT comparison. That was fire. Fire, right? I, I did get hyped I'm for on that, it. yeah. I'm on it. I'm on it. Uh, all right, let's go to Spitball here. <laughs> starting <laughs> starting <laughs> with getting freaky. The freak! Tim Lincecum is closing in on a one-year deal with the Rangers. Oh and oh. on top of that, hear this. He has a shot to be the closer. That job is wide open. Uh, Big-time Timmy Jim. Big-time Timmy Jim uh, did not have a big-time... Uh, year the last time he was in the league, he had an ERA above nine in nine starts with the, with the Angels. Angels in 2016. A little high. A little high. Yo, he was the truth for about two years. We're all, all about big he was back-to-back Cy Young. Back-to-back right? Cy Young. One of, the, one of the rarest things a pitcher can do. Like, that is Bob Gibson type shit. AD MVP. Since DeMarcus Cousins tore his Achilles, Anthony Davis is averaging 30, 34 points a game, 13 rebounds a game, two blocks, and two steals. Uh, the Pelicans were a team that I thought would fall out of the playoff race, but he's keeping them afloat. And if he continues this hot streak, you might see some Russell Westbrook momentum from last year going into AD. Because mm. they're about three games back in the loss column of a four seed. So you lose to Marcus Cousins, you could play that whole like narrative of, oh, they lost their second best guy, and he's carrying them kind of thing. So he's having a phenomenal season for him. Hats off to AD. UFC 222. This weekend in Vegas, uh, headlined by Chris Cyborg and Yana Kuniskaya, making her debut at a title shot. I mean, there's not much competition up there at 145 for Cyborg. So. She's like the champion in some other fighting I don't know thing, if it's Invicta. Right? Uh, yes, it is. It is? I think so, yeah. All right, well. Yeah, there's nothing at 45 for Cyborg, so they're just fishing right now. And uh, she's a heavy favorite, so we'll see how that goes. And uh, Frankie Edgar, though, versus T-City. That's going to be fire. Should be a good scrap. Uh, looking forward to it. Also, my guy Stefan Struve is on this card. Real it's quick. my son, yo. Real, why? Because he's just six foot eight, mauling, like trying to maul people. He's he bigger sucks. than everyone in there. He does suck, but it's just funny to watch. You want Damn. Ortega or Edgar? Personally, I want Edgar to win. Me too. Like, this should be his title shot. I know. You that's know, why I want him to win. I feel bad because I, I also like Ortega. I what he's doing. I, yeah. yeah, I like Ortega too, but I just got so much respect for Frankie. He's a legend. Legend. A good legend. A we good need legend. to make it clear. And the snowball builds. The players union led by Tony Clark uh, in the MLB has filed a grievance against four teams for not spending enough revenue-sharing money. The Tampa Bay Rays, Pittsburgh Pirates, Miami Marlins, and Oakland Athletics are all on that list. As of right now, the collective bargaining agreement says the revenue-sharing uh, needs to be 
used all of it, every single dollar, on improving the team's on-field product, though that doesn't mean necessarily payroll. Uh, the Rays right now get about, according to Yahoo, get about $45 million per year in re- revenue sharing. The Marlins and Pirates get $50 million in redistributed funds, and the A's get $30 million. Yo, the A's are nice. The, uh, the A's are getting phased out of that program, actually, because they've sucked for so long. <laughs> You're are you you're on the you're on the A's this year? I like I don't I'm not like on the A's. There's like maybe a possible 500 team. Really? I just like okay. the A's. Okay. Boss they usually has a, talent. Boss always has the like the nose for that team that's like on the rise. So I'm same. listening. My nose. <laughs> Congo missing. Neymar had surgery on his ankle. He's gonna be out for three months. Should be back within a week or so of the World Cup. So big blow for PSG. Drop like a shitload of money. To be potentially bounced in the round of 16 in Champions League. Not a good look for them. Uh, NHL trade deadline. Yeah, a lot of trades went down. The deadline passed February 26th. Uh, McDonough, notably here in the New York market, on the move to Goodbye. Tampa Bay with JT Miller for a Namastinkov and a first-round pick. Some prospects. Thomas Tatar went to Detro- uh, Vegas from Detroit. Shout it's out to Vegas. Pickup, yo. He's a 20 what goal- a change of environment for that kid. 20-goal goal scorer. <laughs> Consistently. So when he's playing 80 games, he could fill it up. Uh, I like that pickup. I mean, they're in first place. They're cruising to a playoff spot and possibly home ice. So good move by Vegas. Evander Kane out of Buffalo to San Jose. Paul Stasny, American hero, to Winnipeg, to Canada uh, for a first-round pick going back to St. Louis. Um, yeah, that's most of the big moves. Thomas Vanek also went to Columbus. Brings them some goal scoring. They're sitting in the last playoff spot right now. So it's a solid move for them. Nash? Rick Nash, that's right, to Boston. So, let me ask you guys a question. In your hockey learned opinions, who, uh, what's what's the deal? What's the best trade of the bunch? You know, going towards the playoffs, because all these teams that are making the trades are in the hunt. Uh, McDonough. Yeah, I, I, think. I think easily it's McDonough. Yeah, you, you get a, a guy that was a captain for a team, and you're the best team in the East in Tampa Bay. Vegas has you as the favorite to come out of the Eastern Conference, and that team is loaded already. And you know it's it's uh, Stamkos is the headliner there, but they're top to bottom. They have a deep roster, and you get a guy like McDonough. And I was always a JT Miller guy, but McDonough is just he could be on your number one pairing defensively. And for a team that's already this loaded, to get a guy like that, it's definitely I think the biggest addition that a team made. I don't know. I like Tatar to Vegas. Uh, I don't know. Bring, he brings goal scoring, and he's been on Detroit for so long that he has playoff experience for a team that doesn't really have much, or they're young, younger guys, I should say, and not you know first liners or whatever. They haven't been through the, the playoff drive. He's familiar with everything going forward, so I like that. And he brings a goal scoring punch to a Vegas team that doesn't you know sorely need it, but anytime you can add a goal scorer like him, it's big, especially this time of year. We we need to spend some time on the, the Vegas Knights, the Golden Knights. Sorry. Uh, yo, what they what they were doing and what they've been doing this year is outrageous. For those that might not know, this is an expansion team. And if you look at the history of all sports, uh, expansion teams don't fare well in their first couple of seasons. But, uh, boss, what was the thing that you were telling us before about how they put together their rosters? Yeah, so, I, I mean, the expansion draft, you could, as a existing NHL team, you could safety... You know, like up to, I think, I, I forgot what the exact formation was. It was like 10 skaters. Mm-hmm. So they had like a layout. There were several layouts that you could do. And uh, so you could, you know, safety, like 
you're big oh like just say for the Blackhawks like Jonathan Taze, Patrick Kane or whoever they probably didn't I don't know if they safety them because their contracts are so rich that Vegas didn't even want to take them but yeah you could safety players like that and if guys you left off the list they were often you know done in compensation with Vegas Vegas like I won't take them if you guys consider a first round pick because that's how they wanted to build the team was through young kids and draft picks they didn't really want veteran type contracts, so that's what Vegas did. And I mean, they did a hell of a good job at it. They still have a ton of draft picks, you know, in the chamber. They already used one on Thomas Tatar, so it's good. They're in a good state right now, just going forward, because they have all these draft picks. If if they nobody knew they would be where they are today, yeah. on top of the, on top of the West with Nashville, so it allowed them to use one of those mm-hmm. picks to go get a Thomas Tatar type player. And, without taking on like a huge contract and nobody thought that they'd be this good so a lot of sports books in vegas had them anywhere from three to four hundred to one to win the stanley cup i was telling you guys before we started recording that a lot of this is the first time that a kid 22 years old has a chance to bet on his hometown team so a lot of just regular average joes were just walking in and betting them blindly and what that means is you know tim would just tim's a native of, of vegas he just goes into a sports book and he's He's saying to the guy, "How much? How much if I put a hundred bucks on the Knights to win?" He's like, "Oh, thirty thousand dollars." Tim was like, "What? My favorite, my new favorite team? Why not?" So they, this is a big liability for for Vegas. Yeah. They also have probably the greatest home field or home ice <laughs> any team has ever had. So there was a number. I don't know what it is now, but I know Joe said that they have six regular season losses this year. But there was a stat about how at up home? until at home, at, at home, home, yeah. They're like 24 up, and 6 or something Up like until that. the All-Star break in January, they had suffered one loss at home in which a team was in Vegas for more than two nights. So, example, if a team was landing Wednesday afternoon in Vegas and then they didn't have to play until Friday, they were just getting crushed. And I wonder why. I mean, the main reason behind it. Do you know why, Tim? Vegas, baby, Vegas. <laughs> I mean, Vegas is <laughs> the... Motherfucking tables. Yeah, yeah Ve- Vegas is a cowboy region, and, and it gets you. The tables. Hookers. Hookers. Mostly the hookers, probably. The bottle service tables. Yeah, yeah the bottle service. Crafts tables. All the artif- artificial body parts walking around. <laughs> Wet Republic. Yeah, it's it's a good time. Where's now? The, I'm the, paying for a fucking thing. I have well, a lot of... Yo. Hockey players? What? away hockey players yo if i'm like a club promoter i'm like yo i don't give a fuck dude like you're you know what i mean like they still you're, make you're the pro pros though. around here yeah and yo they're nice too they are genuine people like hockey players are some of the nicest pro athletes i've ever had encounters with you want to hook up yo you're fucking like second best you have the second best record in the league that's those are the home teams that's the home team that's different that that's what i'm saying nah because nah, he's talking about the, the home away team, team goes back to their condo or whatever yeah yeah i'm talking about the road team now, oh, them too. I mean, they're no. on vacation. So, so hold on. Yeah. So here, here's a very a, a, a talking point we need to consider. What happens when the Raiders get there? A lot of teams that are going to be coming from east to west are going to be landing there in the Friday afternoon range. It's going to be a lot of That's going to be, you know, bet the Raiders. <laughs> and, and imagine being, like, super rich. Bedtime. Yeah, hopefully the, the Giants don't go out there because OBJ might, uh, might find some boats. Yeah, but he don't. He doesn't. They don't. I don't think they have boats in I, Vegas. Yeah, but Odell's not like. No, Odell is like. Yeah, Odell's no, but he's more like, of just like making yeah. appearances. I've never seen like, oh, this kid's getting hammered again, like on the boat. He wasn't drunk on the boat. They How took a picture of a boat. Bro, Something. he's in, he's a big partier. Like, he's, it's not hard to tell. I don't know. I don't if think he's, so. He's definitely a big party goer. He's very outgoing and like all that. Yeah, he's a he's a superstar. 
He's very yeah, yeah but and like he embraces that lifestyle. Yeah, but I wouldn't like. I don't know. <laughs> Am I being biased? I think you, I, you couldn't be more wrong. I think. Yeah. Sorry, Joe. Bro, you know how worried I was when I saw Giancarlo Stanton picture with OBJ in, like, the first week he's on the team? Like, come on, dude. Like, stay away from that guy. <laughs> For real. Like, I love sure. o- like, OBJ is one of the best talents in football. I mean, I, hold on, though. If Giancarlo it. wants to build his brand, that's the perfect guy to go with. But I also think, I mean, like, he needs to build his brand. He's on the Yankees and he's fucking Stanton. Yeah, yeah but his social media three. account ain't like Odell's. It's going to be after fucking Bro, week he also, two. He yeah. also has, like, $300 million in guaranteed contract. That does. Yeah, his social media can suck him. Baseball is on the right track with the contracts. I think baseball contracts are right where they need to be. What do you mean? They've always been where they need to be. No, I'm talking. They're always guaranteed, and they're the most loaded contracts. No cap. Nah, I think that basketball contracts have become more like forty three million dollars in a year. That's a lot of fucking dollars. No baseball players making forty three thousand, forty three million a year. In terms of length and guaranteed money and the Who's amount they're getting 43 paid. 43 a year in the NBA. Well, John, John Wall in, in, in 2022, that's what his contract is going to be. But there's a lot of guys now that are making $30 million a year. But isn't that what Kershaw makes? Yeah, that's for the elite. The best of the best. Well, if I'm paying you $30 million a year, I hope you're not Jason Bay. So I'd hope Ooh, that. Shot in the mess. Yeah, thanks. Damn. Man. Went Jason right Bay. after Jason Bay. I mean, that's <laughs> one of the worst contracts of all time. Maybe the worst. Nah, nah, nah. What about uh, yeah, Carl yeah, Pavano? Was definitely yeah, Dave, worse, David Wrights is up there too, man. Uh, you nah, can't blame injury so, though. Like, yeah, yeah but he, they just sucked. Fine, you can't blame injury, but you also knew that he had these issues of being injured. Yeah, but you didn't know he had a degenerative back issue that's going to cost him the rest of his career. Like, you didn't know that. Nah, I agree with that. And that's the face of your franchise. You, he was homegrown. He's a wholesome young Virginia yeah, boy. It, it, go, like, it goes back to what Jurgen Klinsmann said when he first came to the United States. He said that. The culture of American sports is you always pay the player on his past, did, yeah. whereas in Europe, you always pay for the future outlook. And in most cases, it's Drew Brees wants to get a big deal from the Saints, and it's like, dude, you're going to be 39 years old, right? Can't give you $30 million a year for the next four years. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't care what you did in the past. If I'm Drew Brees, I'm saying, you you know that this Saints logo, it's worth that much more. It's worth $300, $400 million more because of me. Hard to argue that, but don't argue against that. I mean, I think that's what I meant. I think both, both <laughs> apply. No, I think so. Those are not interchangeable. So. No? Either way, we got it. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, to cap off this episode, we have a interview with a esports commentator. Which I, uh, you'll notice, I really enjoyed that one, and I probably <laughs> had another twenty questions I could ask. So I was. I think that's such a cool job to have. We're big gamers over here. Oh, yeah. Well, not Tim. I don't even own a system. That's You're so un-American. Yeah, that's terrible. I got I got hustles for days. I don't got time. Fuck that. Because you make time for Fortnite. That's for sure. <laughs> for Fortnite. Um, but, yeah, we're just going to plug this in. We interviewed him, I think, last week or something like that. So, uh, yeah, enjoy. All right, so right now we're joined by our guy, Dirk, who is a professional esports uh, commentator and analyst. Dirk, thanks for uh, hanging out with us today. I appreciate you guys for having me on. Uh, I've know been trying to get me onto the show for a little bit, but now finally the schedule's correlate. Here we are. <laughs> Good. Thank God. Uh, so <coughs> my first thing is how are you like a professional esports commentator? I mean, for people who don't know, esports essentially is video games. So uh, I don't even think some people are aware that there are commentators. So can you kind of just describe how you got into it and sort of what your day-to-day 
duties are? Yeah, so basically for me, I, I consider myself a professional because I make money. I, I travel doing Call of Duty World League events and everything like that as well. It's not a full-time gig yet, but I'm hoping it will be soon. Uh, but I, I started when I was 18, so it was like my senior year of high school is when I first started. And I, I never even wanted to do casting. It just sort of happened. Like I, wanted to be, I wanted to write articles for basketball teams. and That's what I wanted to do in eSports is write articles about, I don't know, like team summaries, how they did this event, blah, blah, blah. But one day I was watching an event. I'm like, wow, people people actually commentate the game. I'm going to try it. And back when I was in high school, I was I was a late bloomer, I'll be honest with you. So I had a very high-pitched voice. It was not good for commentating. It sounded very, very annoying. So that was like one of the biggest things. It was like, how the hell am I going to do this if I don't have the voice for it? But just over the years of consistently doing it, it's like my voice just it changed. And it, it became more of a, a commentator voice compared to just a scraggly 18-year-old voice. So I started doing that, and I, I really worked like the amateur community in gaming, and sort of built my way up there. And it, it took me about three years before I finally got my first paid gig for an event. So it was like three years of commentating from home. Like, for, there was a, a period where I was commentating for every single day for an entire month. So it was just like a nonstop type grind for me to to finally get like my first professional debut. What's up, Dirk? This is Tim. Um. I want. I just wanted to ask you before uh, anything. Like esports itself is in the latest polls show that it's the most highest growing sport in America right now. What do you think is the reason behind that? Why do What do you think is the key to the success of the growth of esports? As you said, you started when you were eighteen, so you've seen this thing go from very much amateur to very much professional. What do you think is the difference, and what's changed? Yeah, I, I've seen, like, for me, specifically from coming from Call of Duty, like, I've seen events go from $10,000 prize pools to, like, 200000 for events and now 700000 for the pro league. Like, there's so much money that has completely gone. And I think it's just because esports is relatable to many people because everybody at some point in their life has played a video game. And, I mean, whether you're 30 years old and your first console was, like, the Nintendo or Dreamcast or anything like that, like, everybody's dream if they enjoy video games enough was to say oh my goodness like i want to get paid to do this so i feel like there's there's not as many old fans but there still are some because they that's the exact thought process that they do have it's just sort of like oh my goodness like these guys are are playing this video game to make this happen but another reason to its success too is that the 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 world population when it comes to esports is so popular like south korea china like these big areas that are all just heavily invested into these top major esports, League of Legends, Overwatch, and that's something that really pushes it. It's it's entertaining as well. People kind of sit there like, how can you watch somebody play a video game for this long? Well, it's just how can you watch somebody go? How can you watch an NFL game uh, all Sunday long? How can you watch NBA games every single night? It's the same thing. So it's just you find that enjoyment in it. I mean, for me personally, it's just like I said, the love of video games and competing. It's just, you love competition, you love video games and sports. That perfect thing, and that's why I feel like it starts to just over these like not like past couple of years because it's been going pretty good. But I'd say dating back to probably five six years ago, even before that, it's just when it was it wasn't really small, but it just wasn't talked about as much. But now it's just becoming this huge huge thing that you can't ignore it anymore. It's like okay, we have to acknowledge that. Esports are a big thing, and they're surpassing viewing like viewership for real life sporting events, like for football, for basketball, hockey, anything like that. It's they're passing those numbers, which is which is ridiculous. I mean, just yeah. like in esports as a whole, from events and then just individual streamers who compete in whether it's Fortnite, whether it's players on battlegrounds. These guys are pulling seventy thousand viewers for people to watch them compete in those games as well. So it 
it's not really like a surprise to see how much it's blossomed, uh, to be completely honest with you, because it's just the popularity and kind of that train that it's been riding ever since it started gaining that momentum, it just showed no signs of stopping. Yo, Derek, this is uh, Lamb checking in here. Uh, I got so many questions, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off right away with uh, the first time I got introduced to esports, as I've told this story before, was Mark Cuban came out and said uh, about a handful of years ago, if there was anything he'd want to invest in, it'd be esports right now. And then fast forward to this past summer, we're in Vegas and there's an esports going on. Tournament. Tournament at the Mandalay Bay. And we're all about to check out and... People are just going wild for this thing. So my question to you is, what's good with getting some bets in on some like <laughs> esports stuff? Because I play DraftKings and I'm known as the degenerate on this thing, and I see that you can wager on these kind of things. So has have you seen any growth in that, or people maybe hit you up and talk to you about things like this? The biggest thing I've had people actually ask me when it comes down to placing bets for like the the Call of Duty Pro League and events and stuff like that. I mean, I give my two cents sometimes. I don't really just want to overflow it. I don't want like their money lost or their money won to be <laughs> my fault. Like, so if I'm sitting there saying, "Hey, pick this team," and then all of a sudden they just get completely whopped on, and it, it, I look like stu- I look like an idiot. So <laughs> I don't want to tell them everything that goes on with, but. But the big thing with bets is that it's always been in CSGO was one of the big things that like you guys have probably heard before, like the CSGO skins of people gambling those or placing them in a pick'em tournament and everything along those lines. So like gambling in esports has been around for a while, but I know I think Vegas recently just introduced like actually betting on esports as well, like live in Vegas. So there's been betting sites that have been going around, but I definitely there's a bunch of guys who follow me who just place bets on esports they don't even watch. They just the, the gambling addiction. They just want to throw money, say this team's <laughs> gonna win, even though that they they have no clue about the game. So like, it's something you can go there, and like I, I don't really know which way to point when it does come down to like okay, this is the guy I need to talk to for bets on this esport or this. It's it's kind of just study it yourself. It's not hard to get like a grasp on. Like more of these complex esports, like League of Legends, it's a little bit harder. But for more basic games like a Gears of War, Call of Duty, anything like that, you can kind of guess what's going on. And just from maybe looking at articles or looking at placements from teams, like it's it's fairly simple. I would say if you know enough about the esport when it comes to making bets. Well, one last question before I throw it over to the rest of the guys. Yo, what does it take to be a professional Call of Duty player? Because some of the guys in here, we sprint home. or well, Joe is home when we record this. But I get in my car and I drive as fast as I can to get home, to get on Call of Duty. Now I'm addicted to Fortnite. So what does it take? What's like the... What does your resume need to look like? What's your KD got to be? <laughs> how do you become... Yeah, how do you like become a professional as well? See, like, so... The thing is, obviously, like, I'm not, I've never been a professional player, not even close, but I've, I've worked with players who have grown from being like an amateur and blossomed into some of the top players into the game now, too. So basically, like, the, everyone thinks, like, oh, to be a pro in Call of Duty, you got to have this KD. Like, KD, public matches mean absolutely nothing. Like, you write that off, like, I'm sorry, you got 7.0 KD in public matches. The, the, the competitive community will laugh at you because it's like <laughs> you're not playing our game, you're playing. You're playing against guys who just pick up a controller. They might be 10-year-olds behind the game. They might be 70-year-olds behind the game who just don't know how to play properly. So like the, the best way, it, it used to be a lot easier to break into the scene, to, to work your way up to becoming a pro back, I'd say, around Black Ops 2, around that time, is where the community was completely wide open. There was people getting so many opportunities. But now it's come down to you got to impress 
the pros. So that means like playing on game battles or UMG stuff like that. If you're able to play against like pros in tournaments, uh, say the big thing is like searching the short terms that players mm. just kind of play for fun uh, when they're not competing. There's players who have gained a name just from playing those, and they match up against pro players consistently, either beat them or just give them a really good run for their money, and that puts them on the radar. They're like, okay, we need to watch this guy, but a handful of Search and Destroy players that compete in this are under the age of 18. The Call of Duty has an age restriction where you do need to be 18 or above to compete. So you got like a, a bunch of 16-year-olds, 17-year-old prodigies in Call of Duty who are stuck playing Search and Destroy because they can't compete in events yet. So once they start to make that transition to being 18, that's when you start to see them actually Get the pros giving them a chance of saying, hey, come play this with us and come practice your game with us. Like We want to see how you do. And it, there's been so many players who have been able to do that, but it's so hard to break into now. Like Even even for commentating, for playing, it's it's so hard. And it's honestly, you don't really see many breakout players anymore. Because a lot of these guys in the scene right now really came into the scene around that Black Ops 2 time or been around even before that. I'd say there's maybe a handful of people that have been around since what we call, which everybody doesn't like, the the jetpack era of Call of Duty flying through the sky with laser shooters. And there's like still some people that are from around in there too, but it's it's honestly so hard to break out of. What's up, Derek? This is Boss here. Uh, I was I know we talked about before we went on air how you know you had your hands on NBA. You were a big NBA 2K player uh, prior to commentating, but had you wind up with Call of Duty as opposed to like other combat games like Tekken or League of Legends, you know, what, what made Call of Duty your, I guess, I don't know if it was your preference because it's hard to bring into commentating at any level, but why do you call Call of Duty over other combat games, I guess? So it's for me, I, I play Call of Duty even before uh, Modern Warfare, but I really started getting into the esports side of things in Modern Warfare. Then when World of War came out, I actually started competing in that. But then again, that game wasn't even played at that professional level. They played two years of the, the previous game. So for me, like I still played in tournaments, was winning that and doing everything. So Call of Duty's been something I've played since I'm 10 years old, like all the way back then. So it's something that I always consistently played, whether it's my friends, uh, just playing online or, or anything like that, even just playing pub matches. So once it came down to, like, I've never been a big PC guy. I've started to transition to a little bit more. My brother's always big on League of Legends. It's something that I still look at to this day, and I can understand the basics of it, but it just in terms of being able to commentate that one specifically, is like it takes a whole different level of, of knowledge. Like you can't go walking into that game not knowing the certain meta that's being played between teams. And that was one of the biggest things for me. And with Call of Duty there was so much more opportunity that was open, and that was really my first taste of esports. I really didn't know there was a whole other world of other games that existed where people were competing at that point in time. Like, I've heard of, like, Counter-Strike, but that wasn't even huge, like, going towards that time back then. So Call of Duty, for me, was just, like, my main avenue to try to break in, and that's when I kind of stuck with it, and from doing it for the past five years, it's opened up other doors for me to expand into, like, Gears of War, to expand into NBA 2K as well, and those games are the ones that I'm, I'm kind of happy with that I can't really think off the top of my head. There's like a, an eSport, like I want to be like, okay, I'm going to drop the rest of the game that I have now. I'm focusing just on this eSport alone to make this happen. Like there really isn't that game for me. Like I'm content with the, the position I'm in with Call of Duty. That's cool. I'm interested too because it's funny because sometimes I'm just sitting around or even like anyone at this table will put on clips of the week, like top 10 best kills of Call of Duty. (laughs) So I was just interested, like, where can I find, because I don't see it on TV. I mean, I've seen some esports on TV. Like Nick said, the Mandalay Bay one Mm -hmm. was actually on TV. I think that was Tekken at the time. 
But I'd rather watch Call of Duty because I play Call of Duty much more. Like you said, I've been playing it since Modern Warfare, since back in the day. So I would love to watch like anything you've commentate, like you know, just watch what it takes, or I guess you know the the competition level. So where can I find anything you've called or have called in the past, live or replays of it? Yeah, it's honestly so like live events. It's always just on Twitch.tv. A lot of times, it's at the Call of Duty Twitch. And if you like go on YouTube or anything like that, if you just type in like, um, I'm, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, if you just type in a certain event with a game or just one certain event, the entire stream will actually be up there. So it's like a, a 10 hour long, 12 hour long day. So you have an entire set of matches that kind of go through that. So there's not really broken down videos for, like, for me specifically, because I don't really have the time to go dig through and find specific clips for myself, which I need to, to get like a nice casting reel going. But yeah, if you just go and like type in events, like the most recent event was CWL New Orleans. And so if you just go to YouTube and type that, you can find it. Uh, MLG.com is also a great place to where you go find all like your the YouTube videos of the, the pro league that's going on right now, the, the any open events that go down. It's basically like your central hub. But the YouTube channel up there, there's lots of people who kind of just take the videos and will upload each game individually as well. Which we call them like the unsung heroes because it's so hard to find, but they take their time to to cut it out each map by map by map. So as us casters, we can kind of dig through and be like, okay, this is the game that we need notes on uh, and stuff going forward too. But those are probably like the biggest places. Like if you want to watch like that high intensity action. It's 100% either Twitch watching live events or just watching some rebroadcasts on YouTube. When you're covering these events, are you in the arena as it's going on? Yeah, so everything that's that's going down at the live events, uh, the setup that they do have is that. So for the, the mainstream, which is like the, the alpha station, we call it, they have a, a stage that's out in the middle of the crowd. Then they also have the analyst desk that's with the crowd. Then they also have the Bravo stream, which is where I do a, a majority of my casting, which is backstage. And then you have your own camera setup that's right next to kind of – it's not right next to the crowd. It's just a curtain that's covering. So that was more backstage. They used to have the Alpha One back there as well. So like when, you, when you're when you backstage a little bit, it, it's you don't have much to feed off of. You don't have the crowd. But once you're out into that open part, you're in the area. The fans are literally staring at you while you're casting. They're seeing all your goofy hand movements, you jumping around, getting hyped up, and everything like that as well. So – when you're in the venue, you're in the arena, I need to know because I lose my mind when I get quick scope from somebody. What's <laughs> what's the wildest just outrage you've seen from someone that got killed or, or or one of the players just loses their mind? Is there any like wild story you could share? So for me, from from being at like an actual live event, I'm trying to think off the top of my head if I've really – I've had players, I think it was like during a – I think it was like around a relegation, which I wasn't actually commentating, but I was watching it because it was going off online. And there was a player who they, they didn't win the relegation match and it was punched like the, the monitor <laughs> on the screen. And, like they, they don't own these either. So, but there's so many times like you can, I, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, like years and years and years ago. Like if you guys want to laugh about Call of Duty and what it used to be, go watch some videos like UMG Atlanta back in Black Ops 2. Like that was where Call of Duty became a meme. Like, it was looked down upon people like, this is ridiculous. This thing is never going to be a success because of what these guys just did. They were, like, talking smack to the crowd, saying, like, you're watching me play. Like, look at my bank account. Like, all stuff like this. And that was, like, a lot of people, uh, for people who've been around for that long, we laugh about it now. But back then, it was, like, a big deal. Everyone's like, oh, my God. This is terrible. This makes our community look like we're absolute scumbags. It's not going to look good on us. But that's probably the, the craziest thing at an event is 100% the UMG Atlanta event, what happened down there. But for me, it's just 
when players don't clutch up in, in certain situations or if they lose a gunfight and they know should have won, you start to see maybe like get ready to throw a controller on the ground like Gronk spike it, but then they back up. <laughs> like, oh, never mind, I'm, I'm not going to do that. And then there's like other stuff too when teams lose. So they they wear like a, a noise canceling headphone over top of earphones, and so that way like they can't hear the crowd, they can't hear the casters, anything like that. So when players lose, or even when they win too, like they grab their their little white noise noise canceling headphones and like throw them at the monitor. Like if they win, they almost break the monitors from being so hyped, which is like a good thing. But like they just grab and just launch it, and they start cheering. But there's some who when they lose. They just take it off and just like whip it at the ground, and so it's. I haven't had anything crazy of like players getting up and like starting like a big fight or anything like that. That it'd be cool to see, to be honest with you, if I can say that. <laughs> Yo, I mean, re- recently uh, we're all going on Fortnite benders, so I I totally understand these kids out of excitement. You come in first place in Fortnite, man. I'm yelling at the top of my lungs, so I totally feel them. Yeah, I just scream as loud as I can when we come in first. <laughs> I think one of the the best parts about esports and why it's becoming so uh, large is because the community is so unique, right? Like, like like you just said, like talking shit to the crowd, throwing shit all over the place is not something you see every day. And one of the, one of the things also that's unique about it is that no one's really known by their names. They're known by their usernames or their gamer tags or whatever yeah. they kind of want the world to hear. So I, you told us before the show how you got your name. So I just thought that would be a, a cool little segment. So we we're big, we've been calling you Dirk, but explain to the people why you're known as Dirk. Yeah. So um, back in I when I, I went through so many gamer tags before I found something, I was like, you know what, I kind of like this one. So it was around NBA 2K10, uh, between 2K10, 2K12, when I started playing in tournaments for that. So I was like, you know what, I'm playing 2K a lot. Let me change my gamer tag to to try to fit into more NBA 2K than just something generic like Call of Duty. So I came up, Dirk Nowitzki is my favorite basketball player, so I did D, which stands for Dirk, 2K, Nowitzki, his last name, and then his jersey number 41. Then I have my teammate who did the same thing, but with Kobe Bryant uh, in his one. So it was K, 2K, Bryant, and then, um, oh God, 24. I almost forgot what name what number Kobe was. <laughs> so like, we had that, that name that set up. But when I started casting, I started to realize that, like, just having such a big name and not something you can just get out in one say. Like, I had to sit there and be like, hey, welcome back to the show at D2K Nowitzki 41, which it, it, it flows well for me, but for a lot of people, it was just a very, a lot to say instead of just mm-hmm. one. So I, I made the decision, I think, about two years into my, my casting uh, career, if you want to call it that. I sat there, I said, you know what? I'm going to shorten things up. I'm just going to go by Dirk from now on. And a lot of people are like, well, why don't you just go by Jamie? I'm like, for me, Jamie doesn't click very well, which is my real first name. So, like, there's no correlation with Dirk and anything to do with my real life whatsoever. It's not my middle name or, or anything like that. So, it's a lot of people are like, oh, why don't you just go by Jamie? Like, it, it doesn't flow well for me. If I, if I had to sit there and say, open up a show and somebody's calling me Jamie, I think that's, like, real life. And it, it just sounds weird. It sounds off. Like, when I... People I know in real life, if they call me Dirk, I get weirded out. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, you know, you know me as Jamie. Don't call me Dirk or anything mm-hmm. like that. But if I go to these gaming events and people I work with, if they call me Jamie, I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm Dirk to you. They, they don't call by my first name. Like, I, I it's weird because nobody, it's very rare to actually, for people, to, like, for me, whenever I go to these events, I call people by their alias. I don't say, hey, what's up, Joe? I say, hey, what's up, Merck? I don't say, hey, what's up, Clint? I, I say, hey, what's up, Mabel? It's like I don't call anybody by their first names, and that's why a lot of people really do it. Sometimes it's a mixture, but for me, it's I just want to say their alias, and, and that's really it. I, I, that's how a lot of people kind of address themselves. But some people just have 
their alias is set to where it's either their last name or their first name as well. Like Puckett, one of the most legendary commentators, his last name is actually Puckett. Monte Cristo, his name is Monte Cristo. So like there's some who, who try to get like a different alias to go with it or somewhat relative to me, but then here's me who just has Dirk and has zero correlation to anything that has to do with him in real life. Uh, all right, so Dirk, uh, <laughs> put some respect on that name. The, the <laughs> last question I have for you before we get out of here is, what's your favorite video game of all time? Ooh, that's a, new, that's a good one. Ooh, I'd say, let's see here. I, I'm going to call it Black Ops 2. Black Ops 2? Yeah. Really? Black Ops, Black Ops 2 is like the, the peak of, of esports. And like, like I said, for me, with watching that game and how many great moments it was like I wish we had that game being played right now because it's just so damn good but it's either that or Call of Duty World of War like I've always just been big on the Call of Duty series not really anything else I mean I, I, I used to play casually I used to play games casually but now that I'm I like to compete and I'm a very competitive person I, I cannot stand just playing these little oh solo single player mission blah 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 like I want to get up in your face I want to talk that shit to you and all that stuff, you know, like that's the fun uh, when playing video games. I think Modern Warfare Two is one, and then World at War is two. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with Joe yeah. on this one too. Modern Warfare Two see, is sick. See, yeah, Modern Warfare Two was because I, 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 Modern Warfare Two was great, and because uh, a lot of people go when you think Modern Warfare Two, or at least for me, I think sniping. Like mm, immediately, yeah. the first thing that pops into my mind is sniping. That game is thermal sniping. Yeah, so like the the the. the, the Sniping was great. Like, like don't get me wrong on that one. But just, I think that the way that some people look at it is like, okay, I enjoy Modern Warfare Two because of how the public matches was played. But then there's people like me who look at it as like, okay, how does this game do on a, on a competitive standpoint? It, it, which I mean, Modern Warfare Two really wasn't that bad for like the competitive scene. Obviously, there was some things that they could change, but just overall, it's a, a very, very smooth game. But for Black Ops Two, there was just when they started integrating so much to do with esports, like a whole Codcaster mode. Uh, allowing players to, to do things in private match with certain rules that they weren't able to do before. So it's made the whole process a lot easier. I think like that that's like my number one at the tippy tippy top of the mountain. Like if I could just pick a game to be remastered and just be played every single year, it would be that one. Alright, fair enough. Uh well we appreciate you coming on and talking to us. Uh, I feel like I learned a lot. <laughs> uh, I appreciate you guys for having me on too. Uh, I hope I gave a little bit of, of insight. Obviously we could go on hours and hours and hours just like discussing each individual esport and everything goes on to that too but yeah i appreciate you guys having me on no problem man thanks a lot right, thank uh, well, hold on before you go where can they find you if they want to contact you oh uh my twitter is going to be dirk underscore jdr and i don't have a you i do have a youtube i haven't uploaded like four years <laughs> uh, but yeah so that twitter is like the main place is dirk underscore jdr all right thanks awesome. dirk. thank you man Thank you, guys. I appreciate you. See ya. All right. Well, that is our episode for today. Tim, where can they find you? At Temple Trap on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real frisky. The Twins are back on Brodo doing their baseball thing. Go check that out at Brodo Fantasy on Twitter and Brodo Fantasy anywhere you get your podcasts. And Nick? Uh, Land VM10 on all social media. The wrestling podcast, SCJ Pod. We actually put together a uh, NCAA tournament style bracket. We ranked the uh, 64 greatest finishing moves. Should've There'll seen. be polls. It's pretty fun. You can actually uh, download the the bracket or print it out 
from uh, the Twitter handle, so it's on there. Actually, shout out to the Brodo boys who put me onto the the Google Documents swag. So check that out. It's getting uh, some good love on there. So even if you're not a wrestling fan, at one point in your life you were. Don't lie to yourself. Word. So you know some of these moves, and it's pretty fun. Get some uh, fan interactions. And balls. At Endovito27 on Twitter and the Grand. And you guys can follow me on Twitter at Joe Santagato. And go follow the show at Veterans Minimum and our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Veterans Minimum. And that is all. See you next time. Peace. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.